0: The duck is officially lame, with apologies to our real-life feathered friends. The 117th Congress, at least the House, will be back in session this week and casting votes for a look at what remains before the arrival of the 118th Congress. We turn to Bloomberg Government Deputy News Director Lauren Duggan. And this really is one of those kind of special Washington types of times now going on, isn't it, Lauren?
1: Yeah, we're kind of looking at two periods of time, what's right before us and what's ahead. And, you know, other systems of government don't do this. Uh, You know, our our friends in Britain, they toss somebody out, there's a new prime minister the next day. Um, Here, though, we have this six-week hangover where the current Congress still has work to do, even as they begin to look to the new Congress that will start meeting next January, including orientation, leadership elections, and all that kind of stuff that we'll see over the next few weeks as they get ready for the new Congress that meets, as I said, in January.
0: And there are some must-pass things still on the agenda.
1: Absolutely. Um, There's two big things that are hanging over this. And They are important in their own right and will be increasingly viewed as vehicles to get other things done. First of course is government funding that's in place through December 16th under the continuing resolution that was passed in September. The other is the defense authorization bill, which is considered must pass because it authorizes troop pay and sets policy for the Pentagon and has been done for more than six decades in a row. And nobody wants to be the armed services chairman that breaks that record. We did see the Senate come back in October for a brief session to kick off the debate on their version of the defense authorization, the House has already passed its. uh, But we aren't sure what we're going to see immediately on that. Uh, There was some talk last week about maybe shifting off of that, letting the -the behind-the-scenes negotiations take place on a potential final version of that defense authorization so that the Senate can focus on other things. But you're right, those two big packages are really the, the two things that we need to finalize before we... You know, wrap up for the year.
0: And with respect to the balance of power still being sorted out, and of course, the Senate is going to be known much later on, my sense is maybe what happens for appropriations if they get around to that is not that much different than it might have been had things stayed stasis with respect to the balance of power, because it's not going to shift very much so far as we can tell.
1: I think that's a good assessment. I mean, where we are right now is the there's the two lame duck leaders in the Senate. Um, this will be Patrick Leahy and Richard Shelby, the Democrat and Republican leading that panel. Our already trying to work with their House counterparts, um, Rosa DeLauro for the Democrats and Kate Granger for the Republicans, to come up with something. I mean, one of the things that's been hanging over this all year is no real agreement on a top line what you're going to spend. But I think all sides would rather wrap up this at this point, especially if the dynamics aren't going to be too much different in the Senate. You still have significant leverage for the Republicans right now, even though they don't control either chamber, but you still need 10 votes in the Senate to wrap up any sort of agreement there. So Republicans do have a little bit of leverage, even if the control today is Democrats in both sides. Um, I think they're Still some pressure among conservative Republicans to maybe wait until next year. Um, That's been a dynamic all year. There were some people who wanted the CR to even go into the next calendar year um, to maybe revisit that then. But um, that's one of the dynamics. We'll be seeing how it plays out once people are back in rooms and looking at each other again this week.
0: And a couple of veterans-related bills that could get voted on. Those tend to be non-controversial, too.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, the House Democrats were looking last week at doing some some bills. Some of them are pretty simple naming VA facilities after um, either veterans or people who are important to the Veterans Affairs community, um, and maybe some other things around you know, IT or whatnot. Um, so not perhaps the big veterans packages we saw earlier this year, such as the burn pits legislation, although there is continuing examination of how that's being implemented and i think a bill that will linger over the veterans affairs part of congress for for a while as they watch the implementation of that but veterans definitely top of mind coming out of the veterans day weekend
0: we are speaking with lauren duggan deputy news director at bloomberg government now we have the nomination of danny warfel who was briefly the acting commissioner of irs during the obama administration now being nominated for the permanent job by president biden a known quantity around washington frankly he spent some good chunk of career in financial management at the White House, does that look like it'll probably just be okay?
1: I think so. I mean, there are a number of nominations pending, and here's where, you know, the margin in the Senate really is going to matter for Democrats, and they'll be keeping an eye on, of course, what happens um, in Georgia in December to really determine what the majority or the breakdown is going to be. But the Werfel nomination is one of many that have to be dealt with this year or the beginning of next year. If Democrats maintain control or expand it, um, then that means that they will have the ability to keep the Biden administration flowing with people. Um, so the WERFL one might be an easier one. Um, we saw some back and forth about Richard Glick's nomination to FERC um, in the 50-50 Senate with um, Joe Manchin being the chairman of the committee that oversees that. I don't, don't think he was ready to move forward and they pulled back on that one. So um, there, there's a long list of people they'd like to get confirmed before the end of the year That takes floor time. And as we talked about, there's two big packages that need floor time. So there's a delegate dance between now and the end of the year on what you can do on nominations to maybe what you leave for maybe early next year.
0: And when the White House also has the same party in power in the Senate, then you've got what's known as the conveyor belt for judicial nominations. And so probably if there are any to be gotten through before the end, they're going to happen in the next few weeks fair to say?
1: That is fair to say. And the first vote the Senate is due to take back when it comes back this week is on a federal judge in Puerto Rico, Um, one of many that's been queued up by the Senate Judiciary Committee over the course of the last two years. I think there's been more than 80 confirmed, something like that. So, you know, there's been a lot of judges through and there's more to go. And, you know, going into next year, you might see more vacancies open and more people named to fill those. So um, that that is truly a conveyor belt of work. Um, And with the need for only 50 votes on a nomination, that's one of the reasons why they've been able to churn through those, even though they've had just that bare control of the Senate over the last two years.
0: And they both know what's at stake. I mean, it was a Trump-appointed judge that has ruled in Texas against the student loan forgiveness program. And so this is what they see happening. And therefore, that conveyor belt is either cranking up or they're throwing gunk in the works, I guess, if it's the opposite party. So that remains to be seen. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about was Republican or democratically controlled there are a lot of new members. A lot of people have retired from both parties. And so I imagine the orientation and training we're going to see pretty soon for regardless of whether the parties are majority or minority, they're going to get their new people up to speed and and learned.
1: That's right. Both chambers have their own way of doing this. Um, The House has many weeks of sessions where they bring people in and, you know, show them the ropes. How do you start an office? How do you become a member of Congress? And then, you know, also thinking about what committees you want to be on and who the leader should be for your party. So that will be kicking off and and going for several weeks as they aren't members yet. They're members elect or senators elect, but they are going to learn the ropes a little bit. So hopefully they can hit the ground running early next January when they really have the keys to the office and that pin um, that gives them, you know, the access to the house floor and everything that goes with it. So we will see some orientation going on and, and in the weeks to come that will continue, but it's, you know, it's like, any new job it takes a while to learn the ropes and figure out what to do and, and how to do it
0: I wonder if anyone has floated the idea of all of the new members that all the new members regardless of party let them get together and get to know each other so maybe some of the hatred won't be inherited from the existing party members.
1: Well, there should be a lot of uh, mixers and social aspects to this as well. I mean, it's probably different than the one in 2020 where COVID was hanging over everything in a much different way than today. So, um, you know, hopefully they can lay the groundwork there and and get to know each other Um, because that that relationship is important. They, They do break up into two sides a lot. They have Republican only and Democratic only meetings, but there is a lot of bipartisanship, a lot of working together on bills and identifying common interests as you get to Washington is a big part of that.
0: Lauren Duggan is deputy news director at Bloomberg Government, as always Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.